Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is going to empty the vault. Win your share of $100,000 cash this month. Come in any day and get a free entry. Get bonus entries on Wednesdays and double entries on Tuesdays for every 2,500 points you earn. Just play any of your favorite table games or machines to enter. Drawings are every Wednesday in August from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's Empty the Vault, and it's only at Muckleshoot, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs in late August of 2022. The mile's over. There might be a little talk creeping into that, but lots on the table for this weekend at Emerald Downs and in uh, North American Thoroughbred Racing. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs on Horse Racing Northwest. Afternoon, fellas. Hey. Hey. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we've got a couple of Washington Cup juvenile races on Sunday. The Phillies in their race at six and a half and the same distance for the Colts and Geldings. The Washington Cup begins also the Quarter Horse Championship races, the Bank of America Challenge Championship. Nick Lowe's going to join us on the podcast. Vince, he's done well in this race. Boy, I'll say, Joe, he's won at the last two years and last year a one two finish with cm yeah. once in a blue moon and uh, cm boom shakalaka a couple of familiar names in the quarter horse world around here they are both back in the race on sunday so two quarter horse races we have the juvenile quarter horse race as well as the bank of america challenge championship so racing friday night saturday afternoon and sunday afternoon at emerald downs we'll have uh, some uh Canines on the track, which are always popular. Uh, wiener dogs, wiener dog wannabes on the weekend. Bill's getting used to that stuff. Bill, how about those uh, um, racing on sun this past Sunday, the T-Rex stuff? It was uh, it was actually pretty silly and fun and all enjoyable to watch as the first wave of the T-Rexes hit the wire and then others were still coming out of the gate. Yeah, I was I, I was wondering though about that. Uh, I was thinking that uh, you know I, I get the gate because you want the the visual and all that, but then you have, most of the people have no chance to actually win the race because <laughs> they're 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 starting from the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh tier, if you will. But uh, uh, yeah, it looked like it was a lot of fun. We we had a debate of whether or not we had a, over a hundred or not. I counted just under a hundred, but Phil okay. Phil our uh, 
our our president uh, said it was over 100. So I'll just go with that. I'll hey. say one thing. Bill knows his T-Rexes. He was whipping out some names oh. as they were coming down the stretch. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I did. Uh, <laughs> sexy Rexy won it, huh? Yeah, Sexy Rexy. And uh, and Yoshi uh, had a spill early on uh, in, uh, in, the, in the kids' race. So I just... Uh, <laughs> came up with some names and made it look like uh or sound like a, a rig of the race well a good time had by all it seemed on sunday at emerald downs and we are again on to this weekend uh we do have a 50 50 raffle on sunday so 50 percent of the money goes to the winning raffle ticket holder and the other 50 percent is going to benefit the backstretch chaplaincy program here at emerald downs and a very worthy cause as uh, they do so much for our uh, workers that live back there for five months or so at Emerald Downs Backstretch Chaplaincy to benefit from the 50-50 raffle on Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a handicapping contest on Saturday, the third in our series, and it covers Emerald Downs and Del Mar races. So sign up. It's a $40 buy-in. That's live money. You're betting your $40 and there's nice prizes for the top point and dollar earners as that thing goes through. You have uh, eight bets at, or excuse me, um, 10 bets, five at each track, 10 $4 bets, $2 win place in five Del Mar races, five Emerald Downs races. Sign up on the fifth floor when you come into the track on Saturday. And Joe, I think that's a, a good deal because if there's no entry fee and you said it's live money in terms of what the money that you get $2 win place and it's live, there's no reason not to to give it a shot. Exactly. If you're, you're going to be here on Saturday, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't play in that handicapping contest. There's some serious logic involved in that right there. You're betting to win your, your yeah. 10 bets and then whoever has the most money gets more money. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Take advantage of that handicapping contest. Five Emerald Downs races, five Del Mar races. Hey, the WTBOA sale was this past Tuesday, and the average uh, yearling was up 24% from last year. Really successful sale. Uh, the uh, Mary and Terry Lou Griffin of Griffin Place had a just a tremendous sale. They averaged over $47,000 for their 10 submissions on their consignment and uh, had two in the 70,000. So uh, longtime breeders, Mary, uh, Mary Lou and Terry Griffin, just a, a fantastic sale from this past week. And we'll be seeing those horses next year. I bought into one. I'm about to say, I, do, yeah. I didn't know if this was going to be a taboo. I was going to ask you, I wanted to ask you, you bought into one. Tell me about yep. th the purchase. What? Uh, Tip number three is uh, Coast Guard Colt out of Night Raider, who uh, she's been a, a decent broodmare. She's produced three or four winners, uh, nothing super like herself. She was just a tremendously successful juvenile filly. You bet. And that horse right there, Joe, you got a chance to have some serious speed with Night yeah. Raider on the bottom and a chance to have a good two-year-old too. So Nina Hagen keeps saying, uh, and by the way, Coast Guard stands up at Nina, Hagen, Nina and Ron Hagen's El Dorado Farm. She keeps saying they get better as they get older. So, you know, we haven't had tons and tons of crops at Coast Guard yet. Go back about five, six it's years been now. effective, though. Yeah. Well, he's leading the meet in wins as a sire. He is. He's got 17 wins, one, one over a barrage. Yeah. This is a January foal, and just 
much more mature looking as may be expected because of uh, the month he was born. And Steve Bullock's awful good at getting you horses bet. to the races at two. So we got a good chance for an early That's winter. an interesting point she makes about him getting better with age too. And yep. who's your partners, David Israel? Yeah, and David Israel, um, uh, Steve Bullock, and Dana Ryan this time. Dana Ryan. Yeah, I told Bill that Joe was part of a horse of the meeting here a few years back with Sippin' Fire, who... Uh, who picked out that horse when you got it? Well, uh, it's pretty much Steve and David. I mean, he was the full brother to could have been the whiskey right. and Del Rio Harbor. So that combination had already been really good. But he had some white markings on him and spots like on, on the side of his body. He didn't, you know. Uh, I remember Steve knew from day one that the horse was a runner. He just had yeah. the natural. He went for 20, which was... Uh, Mike Pooch had purchased the one the year before who was a winner, but he ran second a whole bunch. I can't mm -hmm. think of his name right now, but, uh, yeah, as soon as Steve started breaking him, he called him champ right yeah, away. Yeah, that's right. And he turned out pretty good. All right. Maybe you got another one. Hey, well, we're in it. And, uh, David breeds one or two mares a year up there for his own. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to be involved. But it's good to see a good sale. Of course. It was a good that's sale. Of course, our purses are up 20% from last year, and uh, there could be some more good news in the offing in the off season through the- Business has been brisk. Yes. Yes. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're going to also talk to the big A, Anthony Stabil on today's show. He, of course, with Naira's broadcasting on FS1, FS2, and the big Fox tomorrow or Saturday for the Travers telecast- and a big A, well-known in these parts, has uh, given out great information to our listeners over the years. He'll join us. Uh, how about uh, weekly honors from last week, Vince? Okay, yeah. Let's see. We had Jockey. Uh, went down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, a couple guys had good weeks. Kevin Orozco, though, in the final analysis of four-bagger for Kevin, his third in his career at Emerald Downs. He's our Jockey of the Week. Bob Bean. Had a big week, couple wins. He's our uh, trainer of the week. Our owner of the week is uh, Jonathan Farron and B.B. Jaludi. And Jonathan, we try to distribute, share the wealth here a little bit. He actually got his first win as a trainer also. Yeah. So he gets a co-owner week with his partner, uh, B.B. Jaludi. And then our Washington Bread of the Week, Lute's Little Gift. Actually, they had uh, Horsey. Horse Haven Creek Farm, Rosie Simpkins and Company. They bred uh, two winners uh, last week, Lutz Little Gift and uh, Candied Lutz. So we gave it to Lutz Little Gift. You, you had Lutz Little Gift, didn't you? Yes, okay. I did like that one. And Candied Lutz, um, I'm sitting there with John Lindley. We're doing the handicapping. Bill, John, and I make a pick, a few minutes to post. And and uh, I didn't pick the winner of that race, but I'm looking at the board and I'm saying, well, Candied Lutz at nine to one, I got to go bet that horse. Nine to one with like two minutes to post, mm -hmm. maybe less. So I go about 60 feet over to a window, put my voucher in, bet him to win. He's six to one. I come back to my desk. By the time I got there back with John, the race had just started. And he goes, did you see the odds on that horse? Five to two. Yeah. We've it was our biggest pool of the yeah. day by far, that race. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. But so it took some money to do yeah, that. It did. And uh, so that was a little disappointing. He did win. But uh, five to two. Okay. Hey, Bob Bean, this is his last year as a trainer. He's announced that. We're going to miss him. He's a good guy. I, I the see Bean him. Barn's going to yeah. be no longer? No. He's uh, he's 80 years old. He's doing fine health-wise. Yeah. He, 
he said it's been tougher to get help and he's got to groom you know a few of his horses do a couple stalls he goes it's just it's a little too much for me and he says i really like it up here i'm going to come up and visit but uh just has made a lot of friends up here he's of course he's got a just a lifetime of stories too and the careers he's had so one thing about bob he shows up to race too he does he's not afraid to go to that entry box and yeah. bill you picked up on his silks pretty easy yes the brown with the uh, gold sleeves you bet know it uh, know it well there's a uh, you know that's the thing uh, uh, you know coming from indiana i could watch the indiana signal and tell you exactly uh, you know, that one that one that one that one that one that you know and now i'm starting to same thing here at, at, at Admiral Downs, you know, the Belvoir, the black with the red. You got uh, Lucarelli sometimes, his owners with the green, the purple, purple and stripes. Green, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm starting to pick up on, on uh, the emerald uh, silks like I did with uh, Indiana. But, uh, yeah, I did not know that. You just uh, broke that news for yeah. me, at least. Uh, so I guess happy yeah. uh, retirement, if you will, for uh, Mr. Bean. Yeah, we'll have to... Uh, do something with him and of course doris harwood's retiring at the end of this year as well who is our all-time leading stakes winning trainer and uh she ran third in the mile with uh five star general, general. was sure real did. happy with his run is that horse just uh keeps competing out there hasn't got a win yet this year but uh third in the mile three straight years of in the money runs uh news and notes updated at emeralddowns.com they are went up this morning fantastic always want to check that out go to emeralddowns.com and click on uh the uh well you just go to uh go to racing yeah go to the racing section section. hit news and notes hit news and notes we got a nice picture of guy you know well james wooten winning the emerald championship challenge last year on cm once in a blue moon and he's got a big smile crossing the finish line (laughs) James Wooten never lacking of confidence, even though he got beat in the jockey foot race. He said he couldn't lose. You know, he was saying that all morning, but then he got interfered with out there. So, but James uh, got a big chance on Sunday once again. All right, uh, that looks like our first segment there. Uh, Bill is uh, active in handicapping at Emerald Downs, and we'll be making some selections later. And Bill actually is. Bill, you follow those big meets pretty closely too, don't you, Saratoga, Del Mar? Yes. Uh, Del Mar is very nice because it kind of coincides with what we're doing. So I have a TV on, uh, one on Emerald, one on Del Mar. And, you know, I always like to take a look at Saratoga as well. But you know, a lot of that happens before we start. So that's always good when I get in the morning, turn on Saratoga and see what uh, what they got going on. And, of course, uh, Travers Day on Saturday. Um, I'm starting to warm up to the card. At first, I wasn't that uh, you know terribly thrilled. There's some short fields they put them on early on in the card, but even the um, the, the the big race was at the personal ensign with the Latruska. I'm kind of interested to see what Anthony has got to say uh, on her. Yeah, indeed, Anthony Stabil is going to join us in our next segment. Nick Lowe as well. In our third segment, we'll have our sports shorts, little handicapping angles and some selections and trivia too on horse racing northwest stay with us have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation it's called first bet and it puts the power of ai assisted handicapping seamless wagering and live hd video in the palm of your hand thousands of bettors have already made first bet their way to handicap bet and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks isn't it time for you to join them and when you give first bet a try today you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus sign up with promo code sport of kings all one word and you will get ten dollars just for joining as well as a ten percent rebate up to five hundred dollars for your first 
first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and it is Travers Saturday coming up at Saratoga. And what would a Traverse Saturday be in the Northwest without a little info from the Big A, Anthony Stabile. Our pleasure to have him on once again. Anthony, good afternoon. What's happening, gents? Hey, good to be here. Good to have you on. And uh, boy, uh, I think you guys have to be a little excited for the Traverse Field in 2022, man. Yeah, fun run, happy Traverse set for Saturday. Got the Derby winner, got the Preakness winner. Probably would have had the Belmont winner if Mo Donegal didn't get hurt. But you got the runner-up in both of those races as well. The Jim Dandy winner, the Haskell winner. Uh, kind of everything you want uh, out of the Midsummer Derby. Nice, solid field of eight. You know what I found the most interesting, guys? One human connection, Brad Cox, has won the Travers prior to this last year with Essential Quality. Everybody else looking for their first win wow. Wow. in the run-happy Travers. Even Steve Asmussen. Well, with all these gun runners coming up, Steve Asmussen's going to keep piling up the wins. The Big A, Anthony Stabil. It's Travers Saturday, and it's a million two five in purse money, but it's the history of the race. And hey, before we get into the Travers, I was thinking the other day, what does Anthony do on Mondays and Tuesdays in upstate New York? What's what's a week like for you up there? You know, more often than not, the last couple of summers, I went home every other weekend. Mm-hmm. and looked like I was going to kind of follow suit this year. Went down the first weekend, saw mom, saw my girlfriend, and uh, <clears throat> I'd leave Sunday after talking horses and then run up. And, you know, the week is so long that I kind of, I kind of skirt out of here on that. <laughs> I kind of scoot out Sunday, take a little bit of a half day. But, you know, there's a lot of 12- and 14-hour days up here, guys. So yeah. um, run out on Sunday, come back early Wednesday morning, and go right to breakfast at Saratoga. I host that program as well. So more often than not, that's what it is. But I only went home uh, the second week this year. I stayed up for the sales. My dad got back into the game with a client, so I helped them at the sales. And then mom actually came up to visit this past weekend. So the three weekends I would go home, and I say weekends, those are racetrack weekends for you folks out there, Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, yes. The three weekends, the two two or three weekends I would have went home, I was hanging out with dad and mom up here. So, um yeah, it was a little different this year. I'm a little homesick. I'm ready to get back downstate. Huh. And then we get back downstate. We're not even going to Belmont. We're going straight to the Big A. So a mile and a half from the house. I'm a little excited about that. To really, it's it's the biggest home court advantage I have anywhere in the world. Actually. I didn't know about that schedule. So. Yeah, renovating Belmont. Okay. Big yeah, A. Yeah, we're going to do some some tunnels, equestrian and and, and, and pedestrian, equestrian and pedestrian tunnels, Bill to get people into the infield, much like Churchill and Pimlico for the big days. Um, looking forward to that. We'll do some renovations ultimately to the big building as well. But for now, it's just going to be some stuff uh, to get people into the infield as we do the renovations unfold to the big building. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to having some time where, you know, just at Aqueduct, as much as I love Belmont, Aqueduct's my favorite track. It's my favorite place. I grew up there. A lot of great things have happened to me there. So call my first race there. Um, Met my girlfriend there, uh, all of it. So parents met there, the whole thing. So Aqueduct's a very special place to me. And to be able to settle in there now for, wow, uh, over seven months will be good. 
Second Breeders' Cup was there. I was at yep. that 85 Breeders' Cup. That was... Uh, My late dad was there, too, was yeah. It? Okay, yeah, that was... Uh, Turk, no, let's see, Turkoman got uh, upset in the Classic by... Uh, uh, Gate Dancer. Yeah, no, Gate Dancer was third. Uh, Proud Truth? Proud Truth won it. Proud Truth, exactly. rather, yes, Proud, Proud Truth. Truth. Look at me coming up Very with a good. <laughs> history lesson. I, I didn't have that one. I bet Van Landingham there. And uh, but uh, that was a good day. Let's uh, talk the Travers, though. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, one other question for Anthony, oh, just on his routine. Um, what about do you stay in a different place there every summer at Saratoga, or do you end up in the same place now and then? Different place. Okay. I got a wonderful uh, two-bedroom condo this year, right, right in town. I'm a half. Uh, I'm a mile and a quarter from the Travers. I'm a Traver. I'm a run happy Travers from the racetrack. And uh, more importantly, I'm about three-eighths of a mile from all the Casamigos and Jack Daniels I could drink. So. <laughs> well, you're pretty well known up there now. I'm sure it's uh, tough to walk through town without getting a lot of distractions in the good way. Okay. Yeah, the, a lot of fun. The Travers is uh, going to go at uh, 544 Eastern time, so 244 Pacific Coast time. And you went... Big Fox. General. We're on Big Fox this Saturday from 430 to 6 Eastern time. No, that's been a huge uh, boon for New York racing, being on uh, FS1, FS2, but you're on, yeah, the big fox this time. Okay. You know, Joe, Bill, I got to say this, not just to toot our own horn here at Naira and at Naira Betts, but I really think it's been beneficial for the whole game. There are yeah. so many people who come up to me now, guys that I've known, guys and gals, honestly, that I've known for decades. School friends, neighborhood friends, childhood friends that never played horses that during COVID turned to our great game. You know, I got a lot of texts and phone calls during the COVID year and encouraged people, obviously, you know, to push them over to Naira Best as best I could, um, but encouraged everyone and the, the, the broadcasts. I mean, you know, again, not to toot our own horn, but we, we cover every base. I mean, you, you want the best handicappers. I mean, Andy Serling, there's not too many people that are better at this than Andy Serling. Nobody's more prepared. Uh, you want the best paddock people. I mean, Maggie Morley and Acacia Clement. Uh, Maggie's the best. Nope, yeah. There's nobody better than Maggie in the paddock. Tom Amos, guy's won 4,000 races. He gives you a fantastic trainer's perspective. Between Gary Stevens and Richie Migliori, they won 9,000 races, three Kentucky Derbies. You know, Richie, a mainstay on the circuit. Gary, obviously, an international star. Richie's won plenty of races nationally and internationally as well. So we cover all the bases. You know, I do, uh, I'm on sporadically, Jonathan Kinchin. I do, I do all the harness stuff. We literally cover all the bases. And if I miss Paul LaDuca, um, Lafitte Pinkai, Greg Wolf, yeah. I mean, the team is just, I, 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 I take this team to, to, to battle against anyone. You're going great, and uh, yeah, that that's a heck of a lineup. And to catch uh, uh, talking horses, you can catch that live on YouTube as well before uh, it comes on FS1 or FS2. So I don't get TVG on my service right now, so I'm watching you guys all the time. So there's that too. Okay, let's talk about the Travers. Uh, we're going to have a favorite in Epicenter. You know, why not? Uh, boy, it's been a long time. It looks like his first career starts. The only time he hasn't been 1-2. So Epicenter is certainly the horse to beat, can stalk, can finish, can close. Joel Rosario, tell us how you see this race uh, unfolding. Listen, he's hickory. But I'm going to ask you guys this, and, and, and between the two of you, there's probably 80 years of experience over there. 
I got plenty of miles under my belt too. I'm just, I'm not trying to point out that I'm a little bit of a young buck in this, on this call right now, but, um, joking, obviously. You just, is he that much, is he that much better than these horses? No. No. I mean, he's not. In fact, the horse at any given time that can put a beating on this field is early voting. And I was talking to Chad Brown about him a couple of weeks ago when I said, you know, and this is a race Chad has wanted to win since he was literally a little boy. Chad's going to be 44 in December. This is the race he's wanted to win. And when he told me he was taking three shots, I was curious as to who he's like early voting. And he's like, why is everybody looking at me when I say early voting? You know, the one thing is this racetrack has changed considerably, guys, from the beginning of the meet till now. Okay. It was a deep, tiring racetrack at the beginning of the meet. It has not gotten exponentially faster, but believe me, I see this track every day for two hours a day in the morning, before and after the renovation break, and then all afternoon. I sit in the boxes. I, I bring my laptop. I sit in the boxes. I write my blogs for Naira Betts. I do my handicapping for the, for the following day and days. This track has changed, and he did not handle that track in the gym dandy. And he still ran the second biggest speed figure of his career. Now he's going to get to a track that he's probably going to like a little more. He's going to be loose on the lead again. And, you know, the second start of his form cycle, debut was a 76, the Withers was an 87. Wood Memorial was a 96, Preakness was 105. Jim Dandy's a 97. Hmm. Where does he go from here? Yeah. And he has a favorable pace scenario in here. Yes. Am I picking him on top? No. (laughs) I think Chad's going to win it. But I think he's the horse that's the most dangerous to post an upset. You're going to get a – the Preakness win is going to be 7-8 to 1 in the, in the Travers. Yeah. And the, all my tickets. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's definitely in my uh, top two, three for sure. And my, my, when it's all said and done, be my pick. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he gets the – gets to the front end who's who's going to be sitting in the in the two and three hole if you will right behind him you know it's not going to be obviously rich striker gilded age the cyber knife you know he set took back in the haskell when he had the rail he has the rail again does he take back um you know who who's going to be sitting there second and third you know and, and if it's one of the other chads you know they're not going to be pressing uh too too severely uh for 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 fear of uh, going up against one another and, and not being uh, have enough uh, stretch kick. So I yell. I can't imagine. Bill, I'm so, sorry. To no, go, go, go. I don't think Zandon's most potent when he's allowed to settle and make one run. I would imagine Epicenter is going to be forward, but I'm going to tell you what, I think Arturius is going to be sitting no more than two or three lengths off this lead. And I think Arturius is as dangerous a horse in this run, happy Travers as there is because he has a punch. The rest of these horses, including Epicenter, you know, Epicenter got the job done last time. And I know Joel really wasn't getting to the bottom of him, but he doesn't have a kick. He has this, it's not a grind, but it's just this moseying to the lead. Arturius kick. And I love the fact that not only did he was, he was in front of a couple, three lengths, and he kicked again in the curling. And he ran away from those horses. 
That was his first start around two turns, first on a stakes race. I yeah. think this horse is sitting on a big race. His sire, of course, has the stakes and track record for the mile and a quarter with his sensational win in the 2016 Travers. Uh, Chad trained the dam at the end of her career. Paula Silver lining. She started out with Vinnie Scuderi and was uh, purchased by Judd Montford's broodmare band, which if you own a filly or mare in this country, I don't think there's a greater honor than Judd Mont coming to you and asking to buy your mare. Yeah. You know, she's by Ghost Zapper, even though she, she did her best work at 7 8. She's by Ghost Zapper. I mean, this horse is bred to run all day. And oh. I just think he's sitting on a huge effort. Yeah. I, I, he's my bet or Cyberknife. Uh, maybe both in there. I, I was on Cyberknife in the Haskell, and he didn't have a great trip. He got shuffled back, as you guys kind of alluded to from that one post. And uh, he hasn't been quite meeting the same, but uh, boy. Uh, hell of a record unless he is not involved, and I'm going to say he can get involved. Cyberknife or Arturius for me because I'm not going to bet seven to five or eight to five, as I never do. Bill, who do you like in there? Well, yeah, I think I, I do agree. I like both of those chads, and I wanted to get Anthony's uh, opinion on a couple of the undercard races. Sure. And you know, when you say undercard, they're Grade One uh, races, five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar races. The eighth race, the Allen Jerkins Memorial. Wanted to get your opinion on Jack Christopher, who finished third in the Haskell, uh, shortening up in distance back to uh, the distance where he crushed in the Woody Stevens. But uh, to me, you know, there's some really fast horses in there. It's not like he's, um, you know, he doesn't have to have the front end in that race. What's your opinion of Jack Christopher? And if you don't like him, uh, who, who do you who do you like? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jack Christopher. Okay. He's, he's probably the... Uh... I don't want to say the bingo square on the card, but he's just so good. Um, I think Chad's other horse, Accretive, yeah. is really, really nice. He hung a little bit on the money last time. It was actually a good ride by Tyler Gaffigan and Gunnight, who's in here as well. He kind of drifted when he saw him coming and gave him a good ride. I'm going to make a 6-9. I like Jack Christopher a lot. I'm, I'm against Conor. Conagher. I, I know everybody was in love with this horse, but you really want him either – getting hounded by Jack Christopher or having to chase Jack Christopher, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you make it out. Um, so I think howling time's a little interesting in here, too. Cutting back, 7-8 should hit him right between the eyes. I'm going to make a strong 6-9 with a creative second, maybe a little uh, and a small saver with howling time. So 6-9, six, 6-3 six, for me. And then in the uh, the 10th race, the Resorts World Casino Sword Dancer, a mile and a half. This race is, you know, a lot of these horses have faced one another time and time again. Do you have any feel or who, who do you like in that race a bit? Uh, I like it Hamel. Okay. I like it Hamel a lot, actually. I think he kind of turned the corner. And I like the fact that the mile and a half at Saratoga, guys, is three turns. Mm -hmm. So... Being drawn inside is going to help his cause because he's going to automatically save ground. I know that's not Flavig and Pratt's want. He's not going to have any choice. Um, <laughs> he's going to have to save a little ground. And, I mean, his race in the United Nations was fantastic last time. In other words, he kicked. I think the mile and a half is going to be what he wants. I'm looking forward to him. Uh, you know, you got to respect Room coming in for the Coolmore Connections and Aiden O'Brien. Um, he was second last year to get beer in the Breeders' Cup turf, so he's no stranger to American racing. Gufo's always dangerous. They play that game with the blinkers on, blinkers off. The blinkers go back on him. Tribuvin's always a danger to go wire to wire, but I like it homo on Saturday in the Resorts World Sword Dancer. 
Very good. And was there any word on Latruska and her uh, non-effort there in the Ogden Phipps uh, or just, just a bad race and little time off? You know, I'm going to tell you something. I know she's won at Belmont Park. And you, Joe, you know, we've been doing this so long together. You know me so, so well. I like Latruska on Saturday. Okay. I like Latruska getting back around two turns. You know, search results kind of exposed her in the FIPS when, he, when she put the pressure on her. The problem is, um, and that other Philly put the pressure on her, the problem is she can't go and sacrifice herself. So I do, th- and I think Jose is going to be intent on clearing. I think getting back around the two turns is really going to help Latruska. I think it's a forwardly dominated race. Um, I'm the biggest Clary F fan there is, but I, I kind of think the one turn is more suited for her, even though she's won multiple times around two turns. I, I think Belmont's probably more suited for her, and I think they're going to go faster in here. Now, around the two turns, it's a lot different than around the one turn. So I would imagine that Latruska and Social Results are going to be able to get away from Clarier and Malafat on Saturday. So I think the race is going to be dominated on the front end. And I, you know, I, I just feel like Latruska getting back around the two turns, is, it's going to be the elixir. And I think she's going to get the job done over search results. Very good. Defending champion is Latruska of the personal ensign. What a card. Uh, starts about 8.30 Emerald Downs time on Saturday morning with the Travers, the 11th race, the run happy Travers. What are you doing Thank next? You. What are you doing next today, Anthony? What are we doing now? Tonight we got to go to, we don't have to, we're, we're excited to go to the Belmont Child Care uh, Association's annual fundraiser up here at Saratoga, Over the Rainbow, it's a Wizard of Oz theme. I offered to sing If I Only Had a Brain with Andy Serling. They turned me down. Um, wow. So instead I will be the celebrity auctioneer and I will be the guy called the call to action guy. As you, it, it's, it worked last week for the chaplaincy up here in New York. We raised over $50,000 and we honored Andy for all the stuff he does for the backstreet workers. Um, they send the big Italian guy to get the money. That's smart. <laughs> that's great. Hey, that's a, that's a full week of full uh, seven weeks for you up there in upstate New York at Saratoga and a huge racing day on Saturday. Hey, always great to have you on on uh, talking to our Northwest fans. Thanks, Anthony, so much. Have a great day. Have a good one, guys. Good luck, everyone. Anthony, big ace to Bill. Always great to have him on Horse Racing Northwest or talking to us Northwest race fans. And we'll take a short time out. We'll come back with trainer Nick Lowe and our final segment of Horse Racing Northwest. Mucklesuit Casino is going to empty the vault. Win your share of $100,000 cash this month. Come in any day and get a free entry. Get bonus entries on Wednesdays and double entries on Tuesdays for every 2,500 points you earn. Just play any of your favorite table games or machines to enter. Drawings are every Wednesday in August from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's empty the vault and it's only at Muckleshoot, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues our final segment. Hope to see you at the track this weekend. Racing on Friday night at 7 p.m. We might get to that first race, too, before this particular edition ends. And Saturday and Sunday at 2.15, we talked about Sunday. We've got the 
two Washington Cup races begin, the Juvenile Phillies, the Juvenile Colts and Geldings. We have a 50-50 raffle to benefit the chaplaincy and a handicapping contest Saturday. Go back one day. Saturday, sign up to play in that. It's a $40 buy-in. You're betting that $40 at uh, Emerald Downs and Del Mar races. So last year's Bank of America Challenge Championship, it was all Nick Lowe horses involved. Let's take a listen to that stretch run or the whole race. It's short. Runners away in the challenge. Good start for CM. Boom shakalaka. One from the inside. Middle of the racetrack. Dr. Tool away smartly. Sable's dashing. Gathered up at the inside and comes rolling now. CM once in a blue moon. CM once in a blue moon with an explosive move to the front. Goes on to win the challenge. CM once in a blue moon won the Bank of America Challenge Championship. And he beat his stablemate, C.M. Boom Shakalaka, both trained by our next guest here on Horse Racing Northwest. Quarter horse trainer looking to add a little bit more to the record books on his end. Talking about Nick Lowe, the two-time defending champion of the Bank of America Emerald Championship Challenge Stakes. And Nick, uh, hey, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. You bet. And uh, Vince Brune, uh, Vince, uh, Nick has done what nobody else ever did in the pretty long history now of this race. That's right. He's won the race two straight years. He won with CM Boom Shakalaka in 2020. And then last year, CM once, CM once in a blue moon finished first at uh, 22 to 1, while uh, CM Boom Shakalaka yeah. finished second at 4 to 5. So Nick ran one. Not only has he won it two straight years, he finished 1-2 last year. Get this, Joe. CM once in a blue moon twice won the 870 stake here and won the Emerald Championship Challenge last year. CM Boom Shakalaka won the Juvenile Challenge Championship as a two-year-old and then won the Championship Challenge here uh, two years ago. They both had remarkable careers for uh, Nick and his owner, Chris Sutton. Yeah, and uh, both Oregon-bred seven-year-olds looking to make a little more history, put a little more change in everybody's pocket this weekend. Nick, uh, you've got, you had them both in our trial on August 7th. How, how'd they come out of those races? They came out good. Um, Boom Shekalaka didn't have a very good trip. Uh, he got, he got bumped pretty hard leaving the gate and he kind of shut it down at the end, but he's, he's in. And so we'll just have to hope for a little better shot in the finals. Yeah, he had the one hole there on August 7th. And one thing we've noticed since uh, starting quarter horse racing back in 2011, the, the one post hasn't been perfect around here. As a matter of fact, in the 440s, the one and the two hole are one for 30. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, outside has been a little bit better. So, um, but uh, it, it, Nick, uh, this is a little interesting for Boom Shakalaka in that I think he's gone six straight races without a win, which is very unusual for a horse who was what? Uh, yeah. Looks like 14 for 38 lifetime. But you did mention the rough trip first out here in the trial. Yeah, he did have a little rough trip, and, he, and he's kind of uh, had that happen to him a couple times this season. Of course, he's only, I think, had three out this year. And then once and, in a blue – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, Once in a Blue Moon is interesting because he was originally a distance, which is 870, and, and you've turned him into a, a 440. Uh, just by necessity. Um, <laughs> they, uh, okay. they right in the 870 challenge at, at Emerald Downs, and uh, so I've, I've been forced to run him short, which I think he's 
a little bit better horse going longer, but um, he can run 440 just fine. Yeah, boy, uh, it's got a great record here at Emerald Downs. Just uh, that was his first loss here in the trial, and that was just by a nose to a pretty good horse. Um, so those two running against each other, how much have you done that in the past? Of course, you know, one, two last year, but uh, I suppose in the bigger races, you need to get them both in there. Yeah, um, so there's so few races for them anymore any, around, so I'm forced to run them together, which I don't like doing. I, I really like being able to run one 870 and one 440, you know, yeah. um, in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, necessity has made it so I have to run them together. And uh, Boom Shackalack has had the upper hand most of the time, uh, except for last year, um, uh, you know, in this, this race there last season. Um, the track that day was super, super deep. Uh, Boom Shackalacka ran his great race, was on the lead, um, and it was super deep and tiring racetrack. The time was a very slow time for those horses. Um, and uh, once in a blue moon, had been running around the hook, running twice that far, and uh, he just thought the race was just getting started about 50 yards from the wire, <laughs> you know, and, and um, he just kind of drew away from him because he's the only horse that wasn't tired, you know. Okay, yeah, well, good to know. Yeah, that time, I say, uh, over 23 seconds, not uh, not real quick for that distance. Talking with Nick Lowe, of course, trainer of CM Boom Shakalaka and CM Once in a Blue Moon. Nick, is uh, Chris Sutton, excuse me, Chris Sutton, uh, your owner, is he coming up? I believe he lives in Camby down in Oregon. Will he be up at uh, Emerald this weekend? Yes, he will. Um, he's, he's part of the family. He's, uh, he's I consider him my son, um, <laughs> and uh, kind of raised him around horse racing, and uh, so horses all in the family. Very good. And your riders for this weekend, uh, you sticking with the same fellas? Yes. Okay. Uh, Wooten, uh, James, he's, he loves uh, Once on the Blue Moon. Uh, I think he's went on in five or six times. Yeah. Um, he, he just absolutely loves the horse. Thinks he's, you know, I don't know sliced bread or something um but in the and uh matthias has did a lot of good for me in the past uh riding court horses for me at emerald downs um he pretty much uh, only rides for me uh court horse wise i guess he used to ride for bill hoberg too but um and he's you know he's did a lot of good on between my horses and and bill so yep have you had a chance to scout the competition? I guess you did in the trials. Who do you see as, as the biggest threat to your two? Uh, you know, Arizona favorite, I think, has got to be the the one to beat. Um, we were in the uh, same heat together with Once in the Blue Moon, and they were just a nose apart. Uh, in fact, they, they actually gave them the exact same time. I don't know how they called one a winner in one second because they have <laughs> to a hundredth of a second at the same time. Um, but... Uh, the two horses were uh, inside and outside completely across the racetrack from each other. I don't think either one of them even knew the other one was in the race. Yeah, yeah that happens. Uh, and But uh, Wooten just uh, coming up a nose short to Arizona favorite. You're looking for a little revenge there. Uh, sounds like all systems go. Um, you just want to yep. hopefully draw in the middle of the gate? I believe uh, they've got the draw out. Uh, Boom Shakalaka drew the three hole, and 
And once a blue moon drew the seven, which uh, this is a good spot for a blue moon. Uh, Boom Shakalaka, his whole race is if he breaks from the gate like he's capable of, um, you know, he'll be, it doesn't matter what post position he has. Uh, he just has to break like he's very capable of. And um, and once a blue moon's not as fast at leaving the gate, he just has to have a clear trip. He just has, can't be cut off early, you know, by another horse. He just has to have a clear trip. Uh, for him to finish up. Okay, post positions out, three and seven for the two Nick Lowe runners who ran one, two last year and are certainly going to be the favorites again uh, on Sunday at Emerald Downs for the Bank of America Challenge Championship Stakes. Nick, uh, thanks for joining us, and we will see you at Emerald Downs on Sunday. Sounds great. Thank you guys for having thanks, me. Thanks, Nick. Thanks very much to Nick Lowe. I've uh, been involved in Northwest Racing a long, long time. Uh, presence at Emerald Downs and, of course, Portland Meadows, Grants Pass, and he has uh, some big chances on Sunday once again, Vince. Sure does. And those, you know, I was just telling you, Joe, I think I've got my boom straight after all <laughs> this year. Once in a blue moon and PM boom shakalaka. And they, uh, Nick mentioned a horse, Arizona favorite, I believe, and, uh, there, there are no cinch to win on Sunday. So, uh, no. especially Boom Shakalaka, he's lost six in a row, and that's unheard of for him. You know that one horse Warhawk beat him four straight. So yeah, that Warhawk's was over be in Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, let's try some sports shorts. I've got one. Um, I kind of, you know, I had a really good one a couple days ago, but I forgot it. So I came up with a replacement in baseball. The top 20 home run hitters of all time, Major League history. Two of those fellas had 40-plus home runs in three different decades. Any guesses? It's not a trivia question. Well, Willie Mays probably did it. Willie Mays did not make it. He He started in the early 50s and did it in the 50s and 60s, but he, when by the 70s came around... How many home runs? Uh, 40 home runs oh, 40, or more. 40, yeah. He only had 20 in the 70s. 40 home I mean. runs or more in three different decades. Three different decades. But well, another guy, a contemporary of Willie. Willie McCovey? No. Um, oh, Hank. Yes. Henry the Hammer and Hank. Aaron. Never hit 50 home runs. No, but he was a study in consistency. Yeah. He had 47 homers in like 72 or three. In only 392 at-bats, wow. which equated to one homer every 8.1 at-bats. I remember that. And Stratomatic. We wanted him on our team because he had an unbelievable card that year. And then the killer, Harmon Killer. Oh, I was going to say, say him? Yeah, I was going to say 59. Him. He hit uh, 40 some home. I think he hit 40 and 59. And then he did it in 1970 as well. And of course, he had a big 1960s. 69. So. He had 40, 49 that year, I believe, led the league. Just two guys uh, hit 40 home runs in three different decades. Good, good question. Hank Aaron and Harmon Kilbrew. Who's next? Sports shorts. Ahead, Bill? Bill. Uh, TVG made a big announcement today. They're going to be rebranded as FanDuel TV as uh, they're going to add a whole lot of sports betting programming and some international events overnight. And it's going to, it's going to change. And, you know, they say in the press release that horse racing is still going to be shown on TVG from, you know, noon uh, to midnight, uh, Eastern, and they're going to change TVG. It's going to be called FanDuel TV. Then TVG2 is going to be called FanDuel Racing. And, uh, you know, they're going to have a a weekday uh, show 
with uh, the former uh, host of uh, Good Morning uh, Football, Kay Adams making mm. the switch. She'll be uh, hosting that show. And they're not going to be broadcast the Pat McAfee show, but some some sort of programming from uh, McAfee will be involved with it. Also, The Ringer is going to have something to do with it. That's Bill Simmons and his uh, organization. So those things are eventually going to be added in. So I, you know, it's going to be inter- interesting to see. I don't think it's going to, as they say, take... Um, you know, effect when they make the move uh, starting in September, but in 2023 going forward, uh, mm. it could change the, the the landscape, if you will. But I uh, wanted to bring that one up. Uh, Sounds like it could that, affect us a little bit here. Yeah, it could, especially Friday nights, because uh, we're you know we we're so late in the uh, in the Friday uh, evening, if you will, uh, back out east. That's certainly big news in our industry. I, I'll I'll do one here. It's football season almost, so okay. I thought I'd get in the spirit of that and. Bill, you've heard of, of Don James, right? Yes. The former coach of the Huskies, one yes. of the real icons of Northwest sports. Well, in September of 1975, me and my friend took the bus from Kirkland to Husky Stadium, Montlake, and it was Don James's first home game. They had lost to Arizona State. And little did we know he would become, you know, one of the all-time great coaches. They were playing a former University of Washington coach, Daryl Royals, Texas Longhorns. And we were in the East End bleachers. You remember those, Joe? And uh, the cheap seats. And Roosevelt Leaks had been on the team the year before. And they had this freshman running back. And we were looking at the program named Campbell, Earl Campbell. And in the second quarter, he was coming straight at us. And they handed the ball off to him right about the Texas 40-yard line. I remember us just dropping our jaws when we just – he was running straight at us, you know, because you're really low down. It was hard to see the yard mark. It's just going – who is that guy? Because he'd never seen a big guy move that fast. And, of course, it was Earl Campbell. And uh, little did we know how great he would turn out to be. So I kind of saw the birth of two icons there a little bit, Don James and Earl Campbell, which was, you know, Texas won the game. They were favored. I think it was 28-10. to 10, But Washington gave a pretty good ball game. Marty Akins was their quarterback. He was a really good wishbone quarterback. That's right, yes. And I remember them running the, the wishbone. And the, the deception involved with being a good wishbone quarterback was really great to watch. Yeah, just they the, ran it well like he did. Yeah. I think Roosevelt Leakes, he had at least two 1,000-yard yeah. seasons. He, he was no slouch either. Right, he was great. But he Earl was Campbell great, yeah. was an all-time great. Yeah, he was, he was special. Of course, he went on, you know, to have a – fantastic career and if you ever want to go watch some highlights on youtube of earl campbell it's a little bit you know jim brown is probably i think the best running back in my opinion of all time but earl campbell has a lot of greatness in him too he hit a lot of people and uh showed a lot of speed yeah that was uh i remember seeing that replay of that from the the end zone with the the whole thing opened up and earl campbell had a really good hole but yeah you said he was fast just big and fast Okay, sports shorts. Uh, next, handicapping two-year-old races. Uh, different than handicapping older horses, Vince? Which one was that? I'm sorry. Handicapping two-year-olds racing. Handicapping the oh, two-year-olds. Def- definitely, yeah. It's, um, I incorporate much more uh, breeding and connections into my two-year-old handicapping and works than I do into an older horse personally. How about you, Bill? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. And then... You got to remember once you break your maiden, it, your options. There's not too many allowance races, especially 
in the middle part of the the two-year-old uh, campaign so a lot of times you go in a, from a maiden race you got to go into into a stakes race i i know from my years in indiana i was always one of the things i always liked about the indiana racing program was the fact somehow some way they got some uh, indiana or got some allowance races some open allowance races uh for those uh those maiden winners and i think the uh connections uh, certainly appreciated yeah. that because that allows you to get get some money and not have to face the whoever the the freak of the uh, freak of the week is in a good way you know whatever uh, big two-year-old that's won um in the, la- in the last few weeks that goes on to win uh, goes on to run in those uh, big uh you know, the Saratoga races or even, you know, have faced yeah. Baffert or whoever the, uh, the big guns are out, out West. We'll so, probably have a, a winner's race for two year olds, uh, before the end of the meet, good. one or two, not like many, yeah. but we will, um, you know, most years we do. We and haven't it, yet. We've just had maidens and stakes. We usually so far. do late in the year. And I'm encouraged to see like the gold rush dancers seem to be performing pretty well yep. here. And, uh, you know, we know the Paps are pretty high on conveyance as a sire. Should and, be. And we'll see some Barclays. So there's reason to be optimistic in our state to, to uh, see the good young talent coming in. You bet. And and I'm saying, you know, five and a half to six and a half for a two-year-old is much more impacting yeah. than it is, of course, for an older horse. And we uh, saw that in the last stake, yeah. We did. It's Turbo took advantage of that extra ground, and, and he won. Um also, uh, running back a two-year-old quickly in one week, I, I, I don't mind that at all. And, you know, trainers do that with older we horses, too. We saw it with Miss Dynamic, right? But Earlier to me. so many of them, right. They, two-year-olds, they're running as fast as they can for as far as they right. can. So if you're running five and a half, six furlongs, you run a horse back. You know, of course, you monitor it during that week. But, uh, and we're probably going to see some quick backs here this weekend in the Washington Cup. And then, of course, second-time starters apply tons to two-year-old racing as well. It'll be is, interesting. Oh, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see running out of days, who was a big stakes winner in his debut, and then skipped the last one, is back in the Washington Cup. Yeah. Missed he, the lads. He figures to be a pretty strong And fit. drew the rail again. Didn't he have the rail first? Did he draw, yeah, he did. He did have the rail. He was one of, uh, there's been five or six first-time starter stakes winners in our track's history. Knight's Kaffer was the first from Lynn Kazmersky. I remember Lady Ledoux. Did it. Lady Ledoux. Yeah, she um, was really good. Yeah. Caribou Harbor, I believe, was one. Okay. So then next we're going to go to um, some selections. Bill, what do you have for us for Emerald Downs Racing? Uh, Saturday, seventh race, allowance mm-hmm. optional claiming race. We got some uh, fillies and mares coming out of... Uh, uh, the Washington Legislator Stakes, where Don't, Don't Kiss and Tell got up for the win, defeating You Go Girl, and they're both in this allowance optional claiming race. But there's a a, a filly that's kind of getting better and better uh, with with races this season, and that's the one horse Prospera for uh, Candy Kreiderman, John Parker. In that race on August the 19th, uh, I love the the win. Prospera um, sat behind rivals for on the turn. Finally got room at, at the top of the stretch. And Enchanting Way uh, was coming off a monster win uh, before that August 19th race. And Enchanting Way ran terrific. As you can see, if you ever get the PPs out, Enchanting Way was eight and a half lengths clear of the third place a runner in that race, a conditioned claiming race, uh, $25,000 a three lifetime. But both those two runners ran super. And it's not surprising to see Prospera uh, protected 
in this race. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how she does. Seven to two in Vince's morning line. Uh, you'll get every bit of that, I think, because Don't Kiss and Tell, I think, is a, a, you know, a deserving favorite, obviously, coming off the race. But she's in for a $30,000 tag. I'll go with the, the, the runner I still think is improving, uh, even in her four-year-old campaign. Prospera in the seventh race on Saturday. Okay, and the sixth race is a Philly and Mare sprint with Willing to Burn, who's the co-leading top winner at Emerald Downs this year, along with uh, Crooked Finger Ray. They both have four wins. She has the one hole, Willing to Burn, uh, big fashion, has, what, three wins at the meeting. Um, You know, and then Mean Sharon, boy, she lost a tough one last time out when she Broke poorly, lost by a nose to Red Nova. Oh, and then you got Red Noon Rising, who's just on a roll in her closing. But I'm going with the tub in there. Yeah. What did you put her at morning? I think five or nine to two. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, she got a big shot. She drew well, but it's a tough field. It is. She has five starts at the meeting. She's won two. The winner of her other three races has been Classic Leah every time in sprints. So the tub showed a little uh, stalking ability a couple races back when she won. She doesn't have Juan Gutierrez aboard her. He's going to ride willing to burn, which, you know, you can understandable. Understand. Yeah. So I'll take Latub there. What about that first race on uh, Friday You know, night, I Bill? was going to mention that. And it, it, Rocky Tough is one of the sharper horses at Emerald Downs, and he's the longest shot on a board. What does that tell you? At least on the morning line. I mean, yeah. that's a real good five-pack. Mixos uh, bucking for claimer of the meeting and missed the boat. Certainly would have a chance as well. And hydrogen, of course, hydrogen. Is probably your morning line favorite, isn't he? I think miss, mix the boat okay. first and then high, uh, miss the boat over hydrogen, yeah. Either one of those could go favorite. I think I put miss the boat nine to five. Pistol Powers coming off his highest buyer figure in his career, 43 race career. He yeah. ran huge going a mile. Who'd you pick there, Bill? I like hydrogen just because of his versatility. If the pace is slow, they'll be right there off of uh, Mixo. If the pace is fast, you can sit mid-pack and, and make the rally. Um, you know, outside post is, I guess, the only concern, but it's just a field of five, so shouldn't be dead that worried. But then again, I see sometimes yeah. in those short fields, oh, yeah. you know, horses uh, getting in all sorts of trouble. But it's uh, a rider's race, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, you know, hydrogen's got some tactical speed, and you know, I think there'll be a couple that will take back a little bit, so it might not be that worried. I love bad. that race, though, it's yeah. gonna be a lot of fun, yeah. First race on Friday, Mixo going two turns for the first time since he ran in the Gottstein as a two year old mm-hmm. six years ago, so uh. But he is one super sharp horse for Shelly Crow. Yeah, good race there. Okay, um, that looks like about it. Other than trivia, last week we had who? what was the highest Emerald Downs Long Acres Mile race handle? So in the 27 races at Emerald Downs of the Long Acres Mile, which race had the highest handle? I think you're... 2011. Yep, Awesome Jim. Awesome Jim, yeah. Noosa Beach. 900 and some thousand, I think it was. That was number one. Michael Tarlow. He gave me two guesses on that. I think I'm going to disqualify Mark. He had the win, the right one, but he had two years. Michael is pretty sharp. Yeah, he is. I saw our friend Russ Nakagawa last week, too. He's a loyal listener, and Russ is always looking for a new horse. That's great. Um, So... This week's trivia, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Vince pointed out after the Long Acres Mile was run and won by Sluice Tizwiz over Poppet's Golden Boy, but that was the first time in Emerald Downs history that Washington Breds ran 1-2. 
Correct. And we had a Northwest one with Stryker PhD over Boyette, or Boyette being an Oregon bred in 2015. But yeah, not since Yakima Meadows. Right. When uh, was uh, it LJ uh, Express beat Sneak and Jake? Correct. 1995. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, when was the most recent time at Long Acres that Washington now, this, breads when you told me this really surprised ran me. one two in the mile. Washington breads one two in the mile in Long Acres history, ending of course in 1992. That's not an easy one. Send your answers though to trivia at emeralddowns.com, and we've got some prizes available. So, fellas, thank you so much, and hope you enjoyed our show. We'll hope to see you at the races this weekend at Emerald Downs. This is Horse Racing Northwest.